0: Hey, this is Kevin Rowe. Before we get back to part two of our episode on politics with Brandon McCarroll, let's recap the last few episodes. In episodes 18 and 19, Davis Beaver shared about coaching, recruiting, and Arlington Baptist softball team one and team two. Since then, Arlington Baptist pulled off a thrilling comeback win in an elimination game and went on to win the regional championship. In the World Series, they pulled off another thrilling comeback win, followed by a 12-2 win to advance to the semifinals. There, they finished tied third for the nation. In episode 20, immigration lawyer Jennifer Scarborough shared about the challenging topic of immigration. No matter how complicated the topic may be, though, valuing people and focusing on human dignity is paramount. And in our last episode, Brenda McCarroll, the pastor of Highland Baptist Church in Denton, began the conversation about politics and how to not let them tear a church apart. Today, we continue that important conversation. Again, I hope this episode will challenge each of us on how to live faithfully in the church and in our community. And with that, let's dive in to episode 22. So what are some other things too? And again, we've touched on some really good ones so far, but what kind of else comes to mind of how we live this out, of, of not avoiding conversations that we might, should have, but still not allowing politics to divide the church?
1: Yeah, I think, so we've talked about, I think people do want to talk about those things and that kind of addresses a concern, maybe you mentioned earlier of, Feeling like you gotta suppress, like we just can't ever talk about anything co- remotely controversial. Well, no, mm-hmm. we can talk about them. Let's just we need to have a framework of love and empathy and compassion mm-hmm. and relationship that we talk about those through. Um, I think as a pastor, I try to be. I think we can speak into like biblical truths and how they maybe apply to issues, but I think we have to be really careful about extrapolating that to endorse certain like specific candidates or Mm -hmm. policy positions, you know? Um, uh, I'm trying to think of like a a good non-controversial example. (laughs) That's pretty hard to do, but uh, we're talking about politics, but you know, um, we can can say here's what the Bible says um, about this issue but we could land in a whole lot of different places about the best way to use public policy to address that and so i think that's where a lot of the sometimes breakdown happens is um we all agree about uh well you mentioned that the allen shooting you know Mm -hmm. it's like we all we all want to see less mass shootings and less violence and less death yes we could come to a whole lot of different conclusions about you know government policy that would help with that Mm -hmm. and and so and i I think just being careful to how careful in saying the bible or god would endorse a certain position on policy or voting you Mm. know even though we might could all agree on um what god and what the scripture would say about the issue yeah Um, and maybe there also is realizing the common ground we do have yeah like in that example, we all agree on this. Maybe we don't see eye to eye on the way to do address it through politics, mm. but 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 starting with where our shared common ground is.
0: Yeah. Well, and and I think probably one of the, jumping ahead to one of the things that I think you got on your list for later, but it's media in general, cable news, mm. talk radio, they make money by a lot of it by selling advertising and the way that they get the biggest viewership is to be as controversial as possible Mm -hmm. or to appeal to the extreme as much as possible. And they don't want to paint that they're appealing to the extreme of their own side, but then they paint the picture of the extreme of the other side. Mm -hmm. And anybody that's over there is the worst possible example of the other side that I can possibly give you. So you need to be afraid of them you need to buy into what I'm telling you. Uh, you need to fully embrace this. The fear is one of the driving forces that's used, and it pushes to the extremes. And what you were just talking about in the middle of the common ground, I'm convinced, and I, I the survey, I'm, I'm betting it may be up there somewhere, but I'm convinced that 60-plus percent of Americans, and I'm thinking it's probably a lot higher than that, would share a fairly central... <laughs> Mm-hmm. landing spot if they felt like they had it on a political spectrum mm-hmm. and you might have 20% on each of the wing you know on each of the extreme ends but it feels like well my two choices are extreme end A or extreme end B and the other extreme end is evil and mine is righteous mm-hmm. and we avoid the opportunity to come together in the middle which is really where we're going to get stuff done i mean in Congress, you can just have stalemate, especially when you've got a house that's ruled by one party and the Senate that's ruled by another party. You end up not getting anything done rather than, hey, let's find common ground to where we can build a coalition on an important issue. And again, like like you said, we just brought up Alan again, that somewhere in the middle, most people from both sides have some level of agreement on we need to do something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, let's start finding a something and do that and then maybe we look for another something and do that and start making movement in a positive direction rather than i'm, ex- I'm going to go to my corner and you go to your corner and we're going to yell at each other and get nowhere
1: right right no exactly and it's sort of like you know if you're in a room with you know a couple hundred people and everybody's kind of talking having their own conversation and you're just standing there by yourself and it's loud it's like well who whose voice do you hear you're going to hear the one person talking the loudest, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the the loudest voice is going to win. And, and that's sort of our culture with so many different, everybody's got a voice, which is Mm -hmm. a good thing in a way, but there's all these different news media and social media and the internet. And sometimes it's the loudest voice that wins, which is often the angriest and most extreme viewpoints. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah which is yeah, one of the things I wrote down, which might be my controversial hot take for the <laughs> episode before you kick me off is uh, turn off cable news, <laughs> which I mean a tad bit facetiously, like not that you should never watch it, but I, I think two things, I think there's a danger in um, letting ourselves watch too much of it. And, mm-hmm. and with, I say cable news, we could also throw in there a lot of, like news websites and social media sites mm. that are very um fear driven or partisan driven. And and two reasons I I think two dangers. I think one, they perpetuate echo chambers. Yes. So I can choose this is kind of an interesting phenomenon today, right? I can choose to get the news from the people that agree with my narrative. Yes. And I can choose to ignore the ones that disagree with my narrative. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot of other interesting stuff with like Facebook and their algorithms on social media, that the more extreme you get, the more extreme content it feeds you. And it, you you can kind of get in this silo where I only know, as we talked about earlier, I only know, I only ever read the news networks that agree with me, only spend time or talk to people or friends of people who agree with me. And it, then I suddenly have no understanding or empathy for anyone who thinks differently mm-hmm. and they become the enemy, you know, so, so it kind of perpetuates this, uh, echo chamber when we're, we get more and more into like, especially the cable news networks and some of these social media sites. Uh, the other thing I, as you mentioned is that they, they tend to stoke fear and outrage. Yeah, because they are making their money off of getting your clicks and your views. And, you know, if you just kind of like somewhat indifferent about this issue that doesn't really get you to stay on their news channel. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if you're like, hey, you know, I could go either way. You're, you're not like <laughs> clicking on their website or making comments. And, and so they're making their money off of usually fear or outrage, making yeah. you angry or making you afraid and making you think this you know, is the end of the world or this is, and that keeps you coming back to their news channel or their network. And so it just kind of stokes this fear and outrage. And I don't know about you, Kevin, I, I I feel like I have seen in a lot of people who spend a lot of time, like I'm not talking about just watching it for 30 minutes a day, yeah. but who spend most of their day watching like cable news or listening to partisan talk radio there's like a level of angst mm-hmm. or fear to them that is like palpable like i i can almost without them telling me i usually like you no know, you you spend a lot of your time watching like cable news or listening listening to this stuff and i can just sense it through the the level of fear and anger that they live with yeah and and so i think you know, I don't think they mean to. I think we just, when we, what we consume with media and stuff does have an effect on us mm-hmm. and our spirits. And and so a lot of us are being shaped by those things rather than being shaped by like scripture and, and the words of Jesus. And, 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 it, and it starts to show in our lives and our spirits. Mm-hmm. And again,
0: I think that goes right too that they're using fear as one of the main things that they use in those in what they're doing with the programming they have, the, the people they have, the conversations they're having. And so if all you do is consume something that has fear as the driving force behind it, it makes sense that you would have angst in everything mm-hmm. you did and that you live in fear and, Oh no, those other people are evil and they're out to get me rather than those other people also may love our country and may also want to do good. They may just have a different way that they want to approach doing that, that they think works better <laughs> than mine, but no, they have evil intention. And so now I'm afraid of them because obviously they're evil. And, um, I mean, I literally saw a quote from a politician's, uh, relative this week from in Texas saying there's evil that's out there right now. And we're the only one standing in the way of them destroying our country mm-hmm. And they're clearly pointing to the other party and calling them evil. And it's like, certainly from a position of faith, to go, you know what? I know really godly Christians who probably vote for that party more than the other party and vice versa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But to call them evil, it's like maybe the force behind all of this is evil on both sides at times rather than just, yeah, this other party is they hate God and, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, or they have no compassion for anybody. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Uh, and, and kind of leads to one of the the main points that, that I see is remembering, like our hope is in a savior and not in politicians. Yes. And um, we can, that may sound like obvious, but I think we can get consumed in thinking like our, that, that politics is going to be the answer to every or the savior, the end all be all. And, um, I think one thing you see today, especially as less people are going to church, less people mm-hmm. are, um, Christian is politics is starting to take up like an emotional space in people's yeah. lives that it was never intended to take. Um, I read a, an interesting thing from Tim Keller. I thought I might read a little bit of it. Yeah um it's from his book counterfeit gods and he talks about signs of political idolatry like that we're mm-hmm. looking to politics as a god or politics to save us rather uh, than the jesus and he says one of the signs that an object is functioning as an idol is if fear becomes one of the chief characteristics of life um, when we center our lives on the idol we become dependent on it and if the counterfeit god in this case politics is threatened In any way our response is complete panic we do not say what a shame or how difficult but rather we say this is the end there's no hope and he he observes this he said this may be a reason why so many people now respond to us political trends in such an extreme way when either party wins an election a certain percentage of the losing side talks openly about leaving the country Mm -hmm. they become agitated and fearful for the future they have put the kind of hope in their political leaders and policies that once was reserved for god and the work of the gospel when their leaders are out of power they experience a death they believe that everything will fall apart Uh, they refuse to admit how much agreement they actually have with the other party and instead uh, focus on points of disagreement the points of contention overshadow everything else and a poisonous environment is created Another, and this ties in with that, another sign of idolatry in our politics is opponents are not considered to be simply mistaken, but they're considered to be evil. Mm -hmm. And he writes, I don't know what year this book came out, but he says, after the last presidential election, my 84-year-old mother observed, it used to be that whoever was elected as your president, even if he wasn't the one you voted for, was still your president. But that doesn't seem to be the case any longer. After each election, there's a significant number of people who see the incoming president lacking moral legitimacy. The increasing polarization and bitterness we see is a sign that we have made political activism into a form of religion. And, and so I think it just speaks to, you know, the ways that maybe we've started looking to politics as a savior, as a God, you know, instead yeah. of to the true God and the true Savior.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and so 2008, I was at, was when I was still at Truett. I was pastoring a church out in about an hour away from Waco, first, third, and fifth Sunday Baptist, second and fourth Methodist. Uh-huh. Um, I was the Baptist pre- preacher. But so I was preaching the Sunday before the 2008 election, presidential mm-hmm. election. But I was going to be guest preaching somewhere the following Sunday. So the week before and the week after the election. And I told my church when I preached the message on the first Sunday that I was going to preach the same exact message the next Sunday, Mm -hmm. regardless of what happened (laughs) on that Tuesday. And my message was our true hope. And it was talking about that our true hope is in Jesus Christ and saying, you know, it would be easy to say, oh, we have hope now because Tuesday goes the way I want it to. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, no, everything is ruined because Tuesday didn't go the way I wanted it to on the election but to say no, my true hope is still in Jesus Christ. Two days before this election, and it's going to be the still in Jesus Christ five days after this election. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change by who wins an election, uh, and it's not to downplay the importance. Sure, um, and it's not to say we'll just check out of the political system and don't get involved, and you know, there because there are some arguments that. Christians shouldn't be involved in politics at all. That's one extreme. And then, you know, the other extreme of, well, we should be running everything and it should be all about us and our views and everything. And, you know, but somewhere in the middle of it to say, hey, be involved in the system in which in the country in which we live. But again, realize, just like you said, our hope is ultimately in Jesus Christ, not in who wins the election. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I, I, I hope no one will hear me say that because I do think it's important that we be involved. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, what a, what a beautiful gift that God's put us in a place that we have a voice in the yes. running of our country, and we get a say, and so we ought to utilize that gift and be mm. grateful for it, but also remember what our ultimate hope is in. And, you know, it's possible this election's the end-all be-all, and it might be the end of America as we know it, if Arcana doesn't win, but it's probably not the case. Yeah. Uh, I read a, I read a book about, um, uh, Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton. Or that my <laughs> wife gave me earlier this year. But one of the interesting, interesting things in there, it got into the election between, uh, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. So like mm-hmm. Jefferson was the Adams was the second president. Jefferson was a third. And, uh, 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 Adam's wife was convinced that if, Anyone besides her husband won the election, it would be the country's last election. That, like, (laughs) it was going to be the end of the country. Uh, There was someone else I was reading that said if uh, Jefferson won, there was no doubt he would destroy the Constitution. And, you know, that would be the, or Adams, I'm trying to remember. (laughs) But, you know, that was the third president of the United States. And people
0: were saying, yes,
1: this is the, everything hinges on this. The country's going to fall apart if the right person doesn't win and three well, years
0: from now, we'll be celebrating the 150 or the 250th birthday of the nation. Exactly.
1: So I think there's a tendency every election cycle to say, this is the most important election in the history of our country. And if, if my party doesn't win, like everything's going to fall apart. Um, and sort of like the news networks, the politicians have a, a vested interest in making you think, feel that way. Oh yeah. Cause you're a lot more likely to go vote if you think, the country's going to be destroyed if your person loses, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's every, every election cycle, there's that kind of rhetoric mm-hmm. and maybe this election will be the one that it's finally true, <laughs> but chances are, it's probably not, yep. you know? And, and so I think it just kind of helps. I think we should, uh, allow our voices to be heard, participate in the system. God's given us the voice and put mm-hmm. us here for a reason, but also keep in perspective, you know, the significance of it and keep in perspective where our hope really lies. Yeah. That it was never in a politician to start with yeah. or in politics to start with.
0: Well, I mean, and and so every, you know, every election where I go vote, I'll take a picture with the sticker, the I voted sticker mm-hmm. and say, Yeah, I'm I'm grateful that I'm privileged to live in a nation where I get the opportunity to vote. And I'm grateful for those who paid an incredibly high price mm-hmm. for me to have the freedom to be able to do that. But again whatever happens when the election's done god is still on his throne right regardless he's not going to get you know kicked off of his by what <laughs> happens in an election here yeah. i'm pretty sure he's got his for eternity um but yeah so involved but not wed to a party not mm-hmm. wed to a, a candidate not you know my only hope is in the outcome of this election mm-hmm. but whoever wins I'm called to pray for them. I'm pray called to lift them up and pray for them to have wisdom from God. And whether they are a follower of Christ, whether they're not, mm-hmm. still pray for them and pray for the again, wisdom and discernment. And if that's God is supernaturally giving it to somebody that doesn't even know him, then wonderful, because you know, whoever's in that position needs it. And again, us having no clue of what that the people and especially, you know, we're talking president, but A governor or a congressman, like the complexity of issues that they're having to wrestle with, that we look at it and go, oh, that's so simple. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, sometimes maybe it's a little more involved than that too. But um, as they're having to wrestle through all the things that are involved, that God would help them have the wisdom to do it. But then again, trusting that God God will still come through. And then if decisions are made that aren't honoring of God, then for us as followers of Christ and certainly as the church to be that voice, you know, that to speak truth to power. And it's a lot harder to do if you're so closely tied to it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's harder to do when it's who you want to have won wins. Mm -hmm. It's harder to speak truth to power, but it's more powerful when you speak truth to power, when it's the person you wanted to win. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: And you're holding them accountable too, not just, Oh, well the person that I don't like, I'm going to point out everything they do wrong. (laughs) And maybe it's even when the person you don't like wins and when they do something right, like affirm it. Right. I mean, positive reinforcement if nothing else. (laughs) Sure. Um, But to, to say, you know, human beings, not all good, not all bad. And, you know, just reading through scripture. I, did you have non, Dr. Non?
1: I didn't. I should, uh, I, I feel like I missed out because I know it was a really hard class, but you learned a lot from yes. her as well.
0: Yes, definitely. So, but, so she would talk about how, especially depending on which, which books you're reading, how David is portrayed mm. and that David is portrayed as this incredibly godly person. Now, of course we know about Bathsheba and David makes a number of mistakes, but, some of you know part of scripture has this very very big deal about making him look almost perfect and making Saul look like the worst person who ever lived <laughs> and then as we're going through it she's like you know what Saul did a whole lot of good things and David did a whole lot of bad things like just mm-hmm. no one's all good no one's all bad except for Jesus Christ right you know and we're not him so <laughs> uh, but again praying for people when they're doing something well, encouraging it, when they're, you know, when something is unjust to speak out, you know, to speak out prophetically about that. And so, um, but again, not to demonize people Mm -hmm. and certainly not to demonize people who support something different than us. And like you said, you never know when they're sitting next to you in church and you just don't know that because they're afraid to say it because you've already demonized them Mm -hmm. or anything. And, so, so many things there to wrestle with in that.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, praying for leaders, I think that uh, reminds me, I think that's an important point that, you know, you mentioned, you know, I think we, the Bible spends a lot more time talking about how we should treat one another mm-hmm. than necessarily here's exactly how you should vote. Another thing the Bible is very, talks about with that is very clear about is praying for our leaders. Mm-hmm. And I, I've I tried to preach a couple times around election time on, I think it's 1 Peter 2, talks about praying for like Kings and those in authority. And, um, I think it's first Peter two. I'll go double check Mm -hmm. that. But, uh, you know, at that time, the emperor of Rome was Nero. Like, Oh yeah. He he set Rome on fire and then blamed it on the Christians and Mm -hmm. was having them killed, uh, for, you know, out of persecution and, you know, and Peter said, you should be praying for him. Wow. You know, And so however bad you think the president is, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he wasn't that bad, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I think regardless of how we feel about who's in power and whether we voted for him, we're called to pray for him. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't know if I do a good job. I try in my personal walk, you know, to, yeah. Pray for Joe Biden, the same as I would pray for Donald Trump and Mm -hmm. pay for Donald Trump, the same heart I would pray for Barack Obama and, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, because regardless of how I feel about any of them, we're certainly told we ought to be praying for them.
0: Yeah. Um, And the last thing that if we're being rational, the last thing that we should do is want to pray for them to fail. mm -hmm. Because if whoever's leading fails, it hurts all of us.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Rather
0: than praying that, whether we expect them to make the right decision or whether it looks like, well, God must've intervened because they made the right decision that they make the right decision because then it benefits all of us. Right. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Praying for their good, not praying for <laughs> the, the, uh, their failure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Good clarification. There. <laughs> so, so real quick sidetrack. Um, I know we were talking a little bit offline about the, Way that it feels like the national rancor, maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> the the strife that happens more at the national level has made its way down to the local level. Um, I personally, I for me, I'm like, oh, because it felt like local politics for the most part were like, it, it, I think, as you described it, not just put words in your mouth, sure. but like that should be about fixing the streets and mm-hmm. like taking care of stuff to help our local society run rather than no, this is the new battleground for the national issue that I've got to come and take over city hall or city council or the school board or, or whatever it is. And yet we, we can point to a number of local elections where hundreds of thousands of dollars have poured in from outside, sometimes from outside the state even Mm -hmm. to come into a school board in a city or a city council in a city like, you know, I don't even know what to say about that yeah. other than like, it's like, at least it used to be, this is where most of the stuff actually got done. And, you know, most of the time, you don't have a letter next to a name on a local ballot. Right. Because it's not about running as the Republican or the Democrat or the Libertarian or the Independent or whoever. It's just, here's this person that's running for this local office. But now it's turned into, in a sense, this huge national battleground.
1: Yeah. You yeah, have the nationalization of local politics that's happened. Yeah. And I think we were... Uh, we were on both our cities. We knew of Mm -hmm. uh, it. I know in our city of school board and city council races, where there was money from uh, packs and things outside Mm -hmm. the city uh, pouring in. And yeah, they're legally supposed to be nonpartisan elections. I think, aren't they? You know, like you're not allowed to say this one's a Democrat, but they clearly had money coming in from other places. And, and I think we, we see that today and you see it all over like you know i'm trying to think of like a good example <laughs> you know local or like state thing positions that have nothing to do with national politics mm-hmm. and they're advertising like i'm um, vote for me cuz i'm going to fight trump or i'm going to fight biden you know mm-hmm. you're like what does that have to do with being the county clerk or whatever you know like yeah <laughs> and i don't think that's Healthy, you know, and, and I think it's somewhere, somewhat, you have like the this level of fear and anxiousness that has infiltrated even like local, it's the mm-hmm. filters way down like local politics and local things. Uh, I mean, I remember this is a little bit higher level than that, but you've probably gotten we were talking about getting spam on your phone. Like, mm-hmm. I remember it was like when you know Herschel Walker and stuff was, uh, it was
0: a like Horn, uh, Ralph,
1: Ralph Horn, in Reagan, Georgia, Ralph Warnock running. again. I was getting like text messages and stuff asking me to send money to a Senate you know, race in Georgia. To a Senate race in Georgia. Why? Yeah. You know, it, and I get why that's happening, but it it's kind of counter to what the per, purpose of government as representative of the people is supposed to be. That yeah, you're asking me here in Texas to be fighting a battle in georgia and -hmm. and it's filtered its way all the way down to local school boards and things now like we're seeing you know uh uh, instead of coming together for the good of the community where you're getting these outside influences yeah trying to trying to control the outcomes
0: well and i you know i would mentioned to you when we were talking beforehand too that i got a mailer for a local election in which the entire focus of the mailer was on the candidate that the mailer was against that they had given some money to some national candidates at some point in the past.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I'm like, huh, I wouldn't have known that they were a part of that party or supported that party if they even do, because we don't even know that they hadn't also given money to the other candidates from the other side, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times people in those positions will support some on both sides or whatever. But I'm like, what in the world does that have to do with The local race that they're running in and the whole thing you're doing is trying to stir up your base. That's so tied into your, where you're coming from nationally, which again has very, very little to do with the actual city local race that it was about. And I know of several people who publicly were like, okay, well I know not to vote for you anymore because you couldn't say enough about yourself and you had to attack who they had given maybe, I mean, it may have been more, but it might've been a hundred bucks each or something to two national candidates yeah. at some point, like, like
1: what in the world? Right. And yeah, you have that sort of back to that sort of demonization of the other side like, well, if he gave a hundred dollars to this person, mm-hmm. he's a threat. We got to vote against him, you know? Uh Yeah. I'm trying to think of like how to not just complain about that, but bring it back to like, <laughs> what do we do about it? Yeah. You know, and I, I think being mindful of that we're seeing this polarization maybe is mm. even filtering down to just like local things like this and local politics and being mindful of that, I think being involved and active in our communities and caring yeah. about what's happening is important and, and knowing that. And, but at the same time, in the midst of this, knowing there's a lot of people around us being stirred up yeah, like this to be people of peace yeah and people who have a hope and people who can reach across those boundary lines when Mm -hmm. even at the local level people seem to be trying to draw these lines what a witness for us as christians to be able to be those type of people that that reach across those and don't uh, Mm -hmm. get divided by those type of um, boundaries and distinctions the world would try to put on us Mm -hmm.
0: and and along that line to walk in the tension again of not oh well i get to go to heaven when i die so nothing matters Mm -hmm. on earth on that extreme but on the other hand to be like you know what again god's on his throne he's still in control however that plays out he's not going to be thrown off his throne by any of these things here i don't have to be so worked up i can live in peace I can trust that he's going to carry me through whatever it is. And um, so not abandon. Okay, well, I'm not going to deal with the social justice issue because, well, in the end, it's all going to work out for God. But mm-hmm. um, at the same time, not be so wrapped up in, again, every single vote going my way or whatever that that fear consumes me because I can guarantee that the one of the main weapons the enemy uses is fear. And he's going to use it to distract us and he's going to use it to cause us to not be able to, to function and move forward, but also to divide us. Mm-hmm. And if he can do that, he wins. So,
1: yeah. Like in a lot of things in life of doing our part. Yeah. And God has a purpose for us here and God wants us to, to be involved and work. Uh, you know, I think in my, one of my last podcasts, with you go to Jeremiah 29 and mm-hmm. God talks yeah. about, you know, people are in exile, they're in exile and, uh, Babylon and all right. My, my biblical history, right? Uh, yeah. When I think so. about that, but <laughs> <laughs> you can correct me afterwards. Uh, and talk about there is going to, they're going to go back to Israel. He's going to restore Israel. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. uh, plant gardens, yeah. marry, start families. He didn't want to allow people to use that as an excuse to go like, well, we don't care about this place. Cause we're, we're going to go back. We're going to be going back to Israel in a few years. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing here. God, God calls us to be for our communities mm-hmm. as your church yeah. is doing so well, of living out that vision um, and, and to seek the good and to be involved and care about what's happening in politics and, and care about what's happening in our communities and, and speak about those and seek mm-hmm. justice. Um, but also to know where our ultimate hope lies Yeah, and not to be um, so wrapped up in it that we think mm-hmm. there's no hope. Yeah. You know, because we do have a hope that transcends any of those things. Mm. Mm.
0: So anywhere we haven't gone that you want to hit today, because I know this is a huge, huge topic that we could talk about for hours. But anything today that's still on your heart or just on your mind that you want to make sure we get in?
1: Yeah, I can't think of anything. I feel like I've probably caused enough controversy for one day <laughs> on the podcast. So, <laughs> is there anything else that that you had on your mind or harder for your church
0: I feel like i feel like we've covered good ground today so i'm not going to pin you I mean the elections aren't close enough yet for me to ask you specifically who you're going to vote <laughs> for on the podcast that will make sure that all the people at your church here too sit down yeah <laughs> um and, and i think i've tried to say this before maybe it's just conversations with us or whatever but like the reality is i would love to live in a way that People actually don't know which way I vote just because, Mm -hmm. again, the things we talked about, and not that, you know, oh, well, he must not really care. So, therefore, it doesn't matter who you vote for. But at the same time, to say, like, no, we're we're focused on the main thing, Mm -hmm. which is Jesus Christ, first and foremost, and then following him and living that out. But, you know, like you said, let's talk about what scripture says and all these things, but not automatically connect dots to, well, that means vote for this this person or, you know, throw a name up on the screen of who you're supposed to vote for or mm-hmm. something like that. And, um, cause of all the places where maybe I'm not always the best Baptist, I don't know, but like separation of church and state and those th- religious liberty and some, some very things that Baptists often will hold dear. Mm-hmm. I hold dear. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think people forget, you know, Baptists were founded on principle. I mean, that was part of the reason they were founded was on principles of religious liberty. Yeah. And, and freedom of conscience in, mm-hmm. in, in matters like that. So I think that that is important uh, for us as believers to remember. And I think we got to be careful about that as pastors. Yeah. You know, that um, sometimes as a pastor, like people may assign weight to our words that we forget about because we live in this role every day. Yeah. And if you saying, you should vote for this person. You know, whether you mean it that way or not, it
0: can mm. be taken
1: as God wants you to vote for this person. Yes. Or scripture, if you're a believer, you better vote for this person. And maybe there are other times and places for that, but I think we got to be very careful and thoughtful about Yeah. that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And again, that's why I want to be selective on issues that I really do weigh in on. Mm. That's why I want to make sure if I'm sharing something on the internet that I've made sure it's true because mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to waste my reputation on something that's not a key thing and something that may not be true. Yeah. I want, I want people to be able to know that if I, that if I'm speaking, that one, I'm coming from a, a solid place and and two, that I th- think it's actually important enough. So I'm kind of okay. weighing through all that.
1: Yeah. And that might be a whole nother podcast, but I mean, as people of the truth, Yes, we we ought to be a little more discerning and concerned about making sure things we're reading. Yes, are actually true I actually kind of preach on this Sunday, that might be a rabbit trail. But I think that's a challenge in the internet age is there's so many sources of information, they can all start to kind of look alike. Mm-hmm. And some of them are reputable and are telling the truth and some are not. And so I do think that's a sort of related issue us as Christians is yeah. to be aware of misinformation and to be discerning, Yes, you know, are, is what I'm reading factual, first of all, and then is it being slanted mm-hmm. from a certain perspective or to uh, provoke a certain reaction yes. in
0: me? Well, and, and it's always to remember the important, well well thought through words of Abraham Lincoln, To not believe everything that you read on the internet.
1: I I knew he, I heard that uh, quote from Abraham Lincoln too.
0: (laughs) And it's got a picture next to it, which means it's really true. Uh,
1: He was truly a visionary. Yes. I guess your Lincoln quote was better than I was thinking of a Michael Scott quote. (laughs) I think he was talking about Wikipedia. You know, he said, it's where anyone in the world can write anything about
0: any subject. So you know it's true. (laughs) So you know it's true. Very, very good. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> gotta love that um one i think one phrase you hit on earlier um in conversations or where there should be conversations with others seek first to understand then to be understood mm-hmm. i think that's a valuable principle That's stephen covey um on that one so he gets he gets to go above michael scott unfortunately. okay well, well yeah that's probably better
1: <laughs> ender quote than michael scott
0: but but again especially when it comes to Brothers and sisters in Christ, that we would have the conversation rather than imputing poor motives to them, um, and again going back to your going back to your first thing and your last thing that we would always put people before politics, and ultimately remember that our hope is in our Savior rather than in politicians. So well said today.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on, and, and thank you for what you're doing here in McKinney and what your church is doing, and just hearing you share about your church and seeing some of the community ministries that are going on. Uh, I can tell this is a church that really cares about its community and that is really thoughtful about these things and, and has a diversity of opinion and thought within your congregation. And y'all are learning and, and have been loving each other and in community. And I think it's a testament
0: to you as a pastor and leader and, and your church as well. Well, thank you, Brandon, and thank you for Highland and for its heart and reaching its community and, again, what y'all are doing there. And um, I love that we get to have these kinds of conversations and look forward to having another one again soon. Sure. Now we were
1: getting to Baylor football. Was that this part of the podcast?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's this part. (laughs) Or maybe it's next week. So Yes. But
1: (laughs) No, thank you for having me on. Enjoy the the conversation and uh, be praying for you guys and your church.
0: All right. Thank you. And same for you, Brandon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Community Chat Podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at communitynorthbc.org to find out more information about this podcast or our church. Thanks for listening.